the Kraken are coming back on the left wing. Vince Dunn in, sprawling with Marner, centering pass. What a save by Wall! Holy mackerel, what a save! He goes post to post with the left leg. Here's Austin Matthews. Works in on the far right side. Left-handed shot, middle of the ice, deep shoot, scores! Here he comes. Right-handed shooting. And at the top of the circle, slowly with a shot, scores! The Leafs win it! Mitch Farner has three and one! Ben Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Before, Mitch Marner, no, before Patrick, we, before we start with that, winner before yesterday. we start with that, keep them coming on the text line. Whatever you're texting in, you're on the right track. We're not going to read them right now, but I am loving everything you're doing. So keep keep hitting us up, 590, yeah. 590. Include your name and location. You're doing a wonderful job, yeah. especially you, Clifton and Etobicoke. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and also the, yeah, Dan from G-Town, if you have a follow-up to a foot-long ice cream sandwich text. You're like, texting us about... Walking sticks with yeah. blades inside of it. There's a lot going on right now. Anyway, so Mitch Marner off the uh <laughs> he's no longer in the crosshairs. And like I I, I speak in jest and like yeah. I, I don't we're not manufacturing talking points here. Mitch Marner had not played his best hockey. No, he'd tell you. He had not manufactured the point totals that he was hoping to manufacture this mm-hmm. season. That top line of he and Austin Matthews and all twenty plus million of it wasn't operating at a level that it should reasonably be expected to operate Mm -hmm. at. At a level that we saw just a season ago. He has one game like that, and that talking point in the rear view mirror. Yep. Should we move on to the next talking point? Like, who's the next guy? And I think it's pretty clearly Austin Matthews. Yeah, but we've talked about this. Like, the leash is just so much longer for him. I mean, part of it is that he's the better player. Like, he didn't have the better game last night, but he is the better hockey player. Part of it is that he's the center. Part of it is that when it's not going as well, he doesn't seem to wear it in the same way as Marner. There is just a longer leash for one of those players than the other, and it's Matthews who has the longer leash. I think there has been... I don't know if it's as pointed as maybe some people would like, but we've all had the conversations about Matthews of you'd like to see more. I I know I don't go a day without having a conversation about, ah, God, could he get in a scrum? Could he inject himself? He was in, in a scrum he, yesterday. He did. And I no actually, goals yesterday, but got in a scrum. Right? So there, are, these are all things you, you talk about. I think, let me put it this way. It has to get a lot darker for Matthews to hear it and feel it the same for for a player like Marner and even in the past a player like Nylander like it feels like him and Tavares have and I say Matthews and Tavares have the longer leash here and for differing reasons Tavares it's because he's the guy who came home but he'll also hear it because of the number on the contract so yeah I I don't think there is a quote next man up here but this guy's on the blue line. Better watch out because we cannot, we can't go too long without one guy to point our ire at. No, and I will say that, yeah. Well, I think in an overall sense, yeah, we're we're judging these games not in the end result, but in the process in which they get there, and we're doing subjective scoring here and trying to evaluate how these regular season games mm-hmm. um, make us feel about this team's chances in the postseason. When you pick up two points. You can't be too pointed at one individual player. Like that's yep. that's it. You pick up the two points. Ask Jake McCabe. Yeah, I like a joke about the mission accomplished, like on on the, uh, the, the aircraft, aircraft carrier. carrier. But like, yeah, mission is accomplished if the Maple Leafs had 
honestly not even picked up those extra points in the shootout the last two games in the last one, like after yep. we thought the sh- or the one on Tuesday after we thought the shootout was over and it was a four-game losing mm-hmm. streak after losing those two games over the weekend, yeah. then the conversation becomes a little more pointed, I think, towards an Austin Matthews. It is, but I just thought about this. I know where it's... I think... I shouldn't say I know. I think I know where it's going to go next, and I think a turning point was a, a trade that wasn't made last night. I do wonder if the ire goes upstairs to Treliving for not... And I'm not saying he deserves it right now. I mean, if he if he, if he he deserves it right now, he deserves it six weeks ago. He deserves it three months ago, quite, quite frankly. But I do wonder if there is... Because again, it's like, it just seems to be a feature of the market that there's always a target and mm. I don't think Matthews is up next. Like I really don't think that's going to be happening here. And I do wonder if people look at the Zadorov trade and not getting in on it and we'll see what happens with Klingberg here. I wonder if the, the face of the ire is the, is the guy upstairs watching games. No, it's a, it's a good point. I, I do think you have to wait for the entirety of the season to play out before you, for sure. you, I agree. you, you do the Brad for living thing. It's not off to the greatest of starts, but he's managed to extricate himself. It seems like from what was, a very dubious looking trade or uh, acquisition to begin with, with John Klingberg and Tyler Bertuzzi has shown some things and Max Domi has been perfectly fine. And Ryan Reeves, now that you're able to take him out of the lineup every once in a while, that's all fine. But yeah, he will be judged on what he does at the deadline. And then this Mm -hmm. team's ultimate destination in the postseason. What has to happen though for, yeah, Austin Matthews to be the the center of attention from a negative standpoint. This is a guy that had a very down year last year Mm -hmm. with only 40 goals. This guy scored 60. Um, But yeah, I think we, I I think rightly all view last season as partly to blame due to an injury that actually had a procedure performed on his wrist in the Mm -hmm. off season. I mean, what, what has to happen for for Matthews to get the slings and arrows because it, ha- it it really hasn't ever happened. It's been Marner. Like Marner has been the guy after postseason series. Yeah, and part of it has been some of the 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 post series media availabilities that he has had. Mm-hmm. Like what what would have to happen for Austin Matthews to be the guy that's like, oh man. So a couple things. Um, if he if he at a point in time in his playoff career had more puck over the glass penalties than he did playoff <laughs> goals, that would certainly lead to being the guy that takes the ire. Like you, like you're laughing, but that's a massive part of it. Like as much as he's had moments where he hasn't scored, he, there is no more naked moment than a puck over the glass penalty. It is just, and it's not always this way, but it always comes across as careless brain fart moments, too big, whatever. Mm-hmm. The other thing that has to happen and look, like I understand it has not been good. I'm right there with you. Maybe should we let him fall outside of the top five in goal scoring in the NHL before he's that guy? Well, that's the thing. He it's, is he built three up so goals much back of Brock Besser, who's played three more games <laughs> than him. Yeah. All the guys above him have played at least two more games than him. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, you know. Listen, I'm not saying that no, he no, should I, be I, the, the, I the, the, the. But you ask what, you ask what yep. has to happen. It's like mm-hmm. that 14 number is going to have to stay at 14 goals <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Honestly, it feels like. For that to happen. And guess what? That ain't happening. He got it a little bit after the five-game series against the Panthers where he had no goals. Like, nobody in the, in they the, all the core yep. four. And he was part had, of it. Had goals. Like, yep. that, was, that was bad. For like, sure. But he, he could just go in a uh, time machine, five and six against Tampa. So Yeah. It, it's, man. The Leafs, as a team, are building up equity, picking up these bonus points in overtime and shootout. 
he has built up so much equity with, I mean, right out of the gates, a couple of hat tricks to start the okay, season. Like, again, I know it's, I know we've had some of these guys here. It's been a trillion years, but you know, like Josh Donaldson winning an MVP was unthinkable for the Blue Jays. Like Austin Matthews did that and mm-hmm. is still pretty much that guy. Like you get, to, and I'm not yelling at you. Like you think he shouldn't skate on all this stuff or he shouldn't, he shouldn't have this kind of run of goodwill, but yeah, Guy scored 60. He mm-hmm. won a heart, scored five goals in a series that they finally won. And I'm not saying there's not room for some criticism. It's just there is so much mm-hmm. goodwill there. And I think this part has to be said as well. Sign the contract at the start of the year. It's not the exact one everyone wanted. Was it an eight-year extension? No, uh, it, it was not, no. Oh, because, no, you're right. The other guy we're comparing him to is surely <laughs> going to just say, give me my eight times 11, please. Yeah, not happening. No, it's not. And I, I, I can't. Because, I know. yeah, I know. No, again, like I, I started the show today. With, I'm Mr. Positive. They got the two points. And Welcome. Th- there's, there's something to be said for racking up points uh, during a stretch of the season in which your blue line doesn't look so great and you're not um, getting the best out of your best players so far. Um, they did not get the blue line improvement that the Vancouver Canucks did yesterday, trading for Nikita Zadorov. Uh, time now for this insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's insider, this guy I haven't talked to in a while, Renaud Lavoie of TVA Sports. How's it going, Ren? I'm, I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me again this morning, guys. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Um, what, do you, what do you make of the return that the Flames get on a, on a guy that obviously hey. asked out? Um, but yeah, it, it felt like had a bunch of suitors. They get a, a third in, what, 2026 and a fifth in this upcoming draft. Yeah, and we all know that the, the 2025 draft uh, should be a better one than uh, the next one. So that's already surprising that they're not getting a pick in uh, in, in one year, well, one year and a half. Um, and at the same time, I talked to a few GMs after that trade, and they were surprised by the lack of return, uh, which is not, in a way, a good sign for sellers because there'll be some sellers at one point in the league. Um, and you, you have to wonder what are they going to get in return? Um, so it's an interesting trade because of the return. We all knew that, uh, you know, uh, Zadarov wanted out. So obviously that's not helping, but to have, like you mentioned, a few suitors, um, and, and but uh, it's been reported already that the Leafs were in it. I think it's uh, Kevin Weeks who, who mentioned it. Uh, but they they were not ready to uh, the the Flames were not ready to to take some salaries, and, and that's probably one of the reason why uh, you know that trade didn't happen with Toronto. But at the same time, uh, you know you're you're not keeping any any, and and you're just getting a two two draft picks. It's really, really a weird trade. I'm not saying it's a bad trade for the the Flames, but let's put it this way. I'm pretty sure that uh, the Canucks are laughing to the bank today because they're not giving much for a stay-at-home defenseman uh, and a really good person that's going to probably help the Canucks uh, starting win games again because of what happened last night. Uh, they, 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 they got whacked a little bit. They got spanked. In uh, at home, so we'll see how, how things are going to evolve, but uh, I believe it's a, a great trade for the Canucks. 
Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, the immediate reaction here in Leafland was uh, the Leafs couldn't have done a third and a fifth. It feels like that would have been a, a fine price. And, you know, I understand yeah. some of that is the the Klingberg. They're still waiting for, for certainty there. But just hearing about the, the retention, you know, I can understand it from a Leafs perspective. If you have a little room, you want to maximize it as much as you can. Best way to do that is retention. But are you surprised the Flames were hesitant to do that? Because, you know, not to say that they're completely capitulating on the year or anything like that but I don't know that it would have been the worst idea for them to have eaten you know a chunk of that contract and potentially got more assets out of it are you surprised they were they were hesitant to to retain salary on on that player yeah uh totally but probably um that's the beauty of uh, of the game right they have other things in mind and they 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 were not ready to to do it because probably it would have uh, handcuffed them so you look at the Flames, the way they're uh, doing their business right now. They're playing better as an organization, um, but they they still need help. Um, so it's it, it, probably that they're ready to make another move here, uh, and, and they need they need a little more uh, uh, sandpaper in a way. Or so we'll we'll see how, how things are going to evolve for them. But I'm sure that there's a reason why they were not ready to to keep. Uh, some salary, and they're 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 in a way trying to 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 make that uh, uh, that that season a good season, a little bit like the Oilers. They're winning games right now, so we'll see. But uh, I, I'm I'm convinced that there's a reason why, and probably that we'll know uh, pretty soon. There's a a trading deadline coming in two weeks, because of uh, a little more than two weeks because of uh, Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see. If uh, the Flames are making you know, another move between now and then, how how did you of the three defensemen that we you know and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you think they're more or less in play than I do, but the you know looking at Hannafin, Zadorov, and and Tanev, there obviously yeah. Zadorov now moved. Did you where did you have him ranked among the three in terms of their value? I mean, I feel like Hannafin would have been the highest just because of the the yeah. age and the player, quite frankly. But was it Tanev then Zadorov? Was it Zadorov then Tanev? How how do you think the value that they were able to get there? What does it say about the trade market for for the other two guys that could be in play? <laughs> That's the thing, um, you know. Uh, probably uh, second, right? Tanev third. Mm. But Anafin, the thing is, he's been on the market for like I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last two years. But the problem is, everyone knows that he wants to play for the Bruins. So no, no one's ready to make that move because there's a connection with the Bruins is there. So it, it kind of anchors, in a way, everyone. Uh, and, and no one wants to make that move because they all know that at one point he'll sign with the, the Bruins. So it's a tricky situation for him. Um, and on Tanev, I mean, he's a good stay at home too. Um, but, you know, you're, you're not getting much, I believe. So it's not it, – it's a – First of all, you, you need to look at the timing of that trade. Um, we're, we're 20, 25 games in, so it's kind of early. Uh, there'll be some teams uh, probably that they're going to not panic, but they're going to see, uh, you know, around somewhere in February, early March, they're going to see other teams making big moves. They're going to look at uh, the playoffs. and They're going to say, we have to do this, we have to do that uh, to make sure that we'll – 
we'll get the player that we want, and then they're, they're probably going to pay much that you know uh, the Flames uh, got in return uh, yesterday. So that that will be, I think, my guess here that this this can't define the trading market because teams are going to be anxious, GMs are going to be anxious uh, somewhere uh, this winter, deeper in the winter, and probably they're going to pay a little more for assets. So. But it, it's, I don't know, if I'm a Flames fan today, I, I wonder what, what just happened, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That's why it was super surprising to see that move consummated as early as it was um, with yeah. the trade deadline in February. But I get it. He asked out. But, uh, yeah, the, you're under no obligation to fulfill that trade request. The, no. So the, the, there's the... the Salary retention aspect of it that maybe inhibited the Leafs from trading for Nikita Zadorov. There's also the relationship between Craig Conroy and Brad Living, who I'm sure personally it's fine, but like a perception maybe problem with Craig Conroy trading with the former general manager of the Flames. Do you, do you think that could be an issue if the Leafs are trying to re-engage with the other two pending free agent defensemen? You know what? It could be. Look, look at Montreal. We have Jeff Gorton as a, uh, VP, a VP of Hockey Ops, it will be like Chris, a Christmas Day, probably if if the Rangers trades with him at one point. <laughs> There's some good assets, by the way, with the Rangers that Montreal would, would love to have. But probably it's never going to happen. So in a way, yes. I believe that there's, you know, they work together. They, they, they know each other pretty well. Uh, yes, I, I believe that's one of the reasons. Probably not the reason, right? But probably one of the reasons why the Flames were hesitant to to make that move. To be honest, uh, because you don't, you just just don't want to help the guy who was there a few months ago. Uh, and you offered him an extension, and he said no to you. Uh, but he signed after with the Maple Leafs. So, no, I, I believe that's that's one of the good reasons. Yeah, there's there's certainly something there. Um, just to to stick on this, you know, we had we had mentioned off the top, and you you'd mentioned that the the possibility or the Leafs were looking for some retained salary. You know, how much of that do you think is them needing to wait until they have? Because they've talked a lot about potentially having certainty yeah. this week or clarity with Klingberg. You know, teams have made moves well on LTIR, knowing, okay, maybe yeah. we'll have to fix this problem later. Do you think that the Leafs kind of have their hands tied making a long-term trade like that until they have the certainty? Or do you think that they can make the move? Because, again, via the league's cap rules, they could go trade for a guy that makes Klingberg money now, and if he comes back, they just have to figure it out later. Like, how much do you think they're waiting for that 100% certainty before they, they make these moves as well probably that's a a good question to grad to a living uh but i'll say that if you really want a player you'll find a way you know what i mean for sure i, I understand i understand that um when you're making a move like this you need certainty which is totally logic okay but i think they have a pretty pretty good idea of what's going to happen here so um, normally you make the move. The other GMs are looking at you. They just hope that something bad happened to you. They're going to take advantage of you. You'll have to make a trade. You're going to 
get less in return, whatever. But if you really want a player, I believe that there's always a way to make it work. And and I'm not saying they they didn't want him 100%, but there's a reason why they wanted the some uh, salary, some of his salary to be retained. And after that, uh, because probably there's something else coming. You know, th- this is kind of a it's kind of a, a chess game. You know what I mean? They they have a pretty good idea today of who's going to be available uh, at the trade deadline. And probably they know that if they're making a move too early, that's going to handcuff them for another move. And teams are like that. Look, look, the Oilers are spying the Canadians. They weren't there yesterday, but for the first time in a long time. I saw Peter Chiarelli again working for the Blues at the Bell Center last night. He's been there a few times already. So they have, they know exactly what they're looking for, uh, and they just hope. You know that some teams are uh, are not going to make, make the playoffs. That they're going to be sellers probably earlier than than they're supposed to. But but that being said, uh, I just want to go back to my chess game. If you're making one move, that's probably going to handcuff you for the second move. So that's I think one of the big reasons why uh, that trade didn't happen with Toronto. All right, before I let you go, Ryan, it was brought to my attention that you're a huge Chicago Bears fan. Is that correct? Yeah, it's one of the funniest things to be, by the way. Yeah, I you, guess. You, yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I was at the airport in LAX the other day, last week, and I had a Bears cap on, and the lady working for uh, for uh, uh, whatever the airplane was, uh, the airline was, uh, United, she looks at me and she said, you're a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. I said that, yes. And she said to me, I am too. And we start laughing. <laughs> and and, and we're, we're, she was like, it's, it's so funny to be a Bears fan. And I said, yes, this is the funniest franchise in pro sports. You can't stop laughing at them. They're laughable. But I, they're, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be a Bears yeah, fan. Yeah, well, okay. So... I mean, this is one of the more interesting decisions that is upcoming at the conclusion of the season because the Bears are are flush yeah. with, with their own draft pick, but looks like they're going to have yeah. the first overall selection uh, yeah. thanks to that, that trade with the, the Panthers. And Justin Fields is, like, showing some signs and is hurt. I mean, what are you doing? Are you moving that pick? Are you drafting a quarterback? Are you trading Justin Fields? What are you doing? GM Wren. You have to trade Justin uh, you won last game with three fumbles. Mm-hmm. Three fumbles. Take up three fumbles. You're winning a game. <laughs> you're just you're just lucky. You're just lucky. So no, sad, but but they're gonna screw it up, right? Yes, agreed. That I agree. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna still have that conversation in a few years, and I'm gonna say the same thing. It's it's the funniest thing in pro sport to be a fan of the Bears. I'm going there every year. Once a year in Chicago, it's a beautiful place, most beautiful city in North America, unbelievable stadium. But if you want to lie, the game that I was, I was, uh, I was there versus the Broncos. They were walking over the Broncos. They did find a way to lose that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you can tell. We can tell perfect. you love it, Ren. God, I love this. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can tell you're just perfect. They're yeah. perfect. They're perfect. <laughs> Uh, best of luck uh, with your Bears this year and beyond Ren uh, thanks for doing this appreciate it
have a good day and uh, enjoy your weekend. You too. Thanks, Ren. Renaud Lavoie, TVA Sports. He was our insider. Brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. That is so funny. I, I don't know if you've like had those moments where you're in a place far flung from your team. The craziest one I ever had was I was in the Bahamas mm-hmm. for the Tiger Woods Hero World Challenge, and I was taking a cab to a shuttle, whatever. I'm just hopping in the cab. And the guy, I'm wearing a Leafs hat, and the cabbie in the Bahamas says to me, did Nylander sign yet? Because it was the year he had like his holdout right up right. to the bitter end. And I'm like, a cabbie in the Bahamas. It wasn't like, hey, you like your team. It was like very pointed yeah. question about a restricted free agent. And it was like, <laughs> Leafs Nation truly is everywhere. Yeah. Truly. It's amazing. How do they consume hockey in the Bahamas, I wonder? Well, maybe he had the package. Anyways. Yeah, no, you can tell. <laughs> Reno, I love when guys, you know. Love their team. There's nothing I, I love more than a guy who well, loves their and team. And especially a guy who... And, and Frank Cervelli is this way too, right? Like he covers hockey. Oh, yeah. He can't have a rooting interest know, in the so sport up, that he, he so covers. so upset when we tried to make him talk hockey during the Phillies run. But yeah, these are guys that are sports fans. They want to have yeah. that outlet it's for great. that. I love it. And yeah, Ren obviously has it when it comes to the Chicago Bears. All right. Uh, Canadian, or sorry, he's not a Canadian. He's not Canadian. He's a comedian. Oh, okay. He's American. Okay. Comedian and actor Sebastian Maniscalco coming to Scotiabank Arena on November 22nd next year as part of his It Ain't Right tour. We're giving away tickets to enter. All you have to do is tune in to episodes of the Fan Morning Show, listen for the code word, then text the code word to 590-590. Today, the code word is, this is the three-part, this is three code words, actually almost four, it's three and a half words. It Ain't Right. Text It Ain't Right. To 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, make sure you go to Ticketmaster.ca to secure those tickets. When you said that, I knew it was going to be a contraction involved. Mm-hmm. I just knew it because I am a grammar guy to mm-hmm. my soul, as everyone knows. Yeah, we, have, we all know that. All no, Everyone I'm out there knows my grammar text. is impeccable. Yeah, That's no, just spelling. Right. That's not grammar. They're different. <laughs> but but that also sucks, also, too. Also yeah, it's grammar. also bad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Jason Demers, former NHL defenseman, NHL network analyst. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Maple Leafs riding high for uh, a couple of shootout victories. Don't laugh. I'm two not. points, two points. Don't get, I, don't make me get Jake McCabe in uh, here to tell you differently. They are the kings of the shootout. Okay. Four and now one. You're too far the other way. I mean, it's true, but I mean they've quadrupled their shootout win total already this season. They did it before December. Only had one shootout victory a season ago. Maybe that was a key metric for them heading into the year. It's like, all right. Mm. Penalty kill and power play, each one top five in the league. And finally, I'm th- sick and tired of losing shootouts. That that overtime finally got some juice in the final like 60 seconds or so yesterday. How can you watch like the 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 regroup gathers in the neutral zone by both teams, yeah. but more specifically Seattle and say, oh no, let's just keep that rolling. That's because, fine. It's totally fine. No, no, no. Because I, it's not that you can't change the rules to three-on-three overtime. It's just that no one has act like everyone who's like, oh, 
me, smart person, I have the answer. There is some very, to me, obvious or natural consequence of what would happen that I then would not like the result of anymore. Like people keep talking about this over and back and make it be a penalty. That in and of itself, I've laid out this theory before, will just lead to, at first, people Mm -hmm. taking penalties, which I don't like. I don't want whistles. No one's going to take a penalty. And then it will lead to little muffin shots on net, which lead to teams crowding the goalie, and you get a bunch of whistles, which, guess what? Like, I'm not saying I love the regroup, but I actually love continuous overtime way more than a bunch of whistles. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Okay. Well, you got to do something because, yeah, finally we got some chances at the end of that five-minute period. disagree. Let's talk to uh, Jason Demers, former NHL defenseman, NHL Network analyst. You can watch Jason and the crew on NHL Now weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. on Sportsnet 1. Jason, how's it going? Uh, Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, fun to be on the the dark side now, so it's been good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ben and I, famously evil, so yes, welcome. Welcome, Jason. Happy to have you on the dark side. How are you enjoying it? Do you feel like do you feel different? Do you feel like you're just like a little bit more of a bad boy now that you're on the dark side? How how does it feel to be one of us? It's uh it's been fun so far. It's different. It's uh it's fun to kind of let the personality go a little bit and, and not have to be so stiff in interviews like we're uh, we're kind of all taught in the NHL. So given those <laughs> blanket given those blanket statements we give in between every period. So it's nice to kind of to, to, to let the freak flag fly a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a good transition. You know, I did I did like four days in a row, and my it's it's a we'll call it a four for four, and my back's not sore, my knees don't hurt, so it's uh, it's just my uh, my brain's a little tired. Well, okay. uh, we'll we'll check in with the colleagues to see if they agree it's a four <laughs> for four. I don't know. Were you that were you that kind to yourself when you're looking at t- game tape with coaches going? That was perfect. Oh, Look at that. That was perfect. I, <laughs> No, I, I watched a little last night, and I was, like, cringing. I was like, oh, God, are you horrible? So it does, it's the same thing when I was playing. I was just like, oh, no, mistake there, mistake there. So, But everybody's, everybody's been great, and, uh, you know, it, it's, been a, it's been a fun transition, and, and people have been, everybody, the crew over there, or, I mean, they lay it all out perfectly for you, so it's, it's, uh, it's just on you not to mess up. No, listen, and people have short memories when it comes to to media. You could listen. How many times have we screwed up already in the, in this now two and a half hours of doing radio this morning? Plenty. I've already forgotten about it. Um, yeah, you you have no problem leaving those behind you. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's let's talk about this this Leafs team, Jason. Who I mentioned it has racked up a bunch of wins beyond the regulation sixty. They only have five regulation wins, which is. Yeah, among the worst or among the lowest in the entire National Hockey League. So you got to give them credit for picking up the bonus point because that is the rule. But I, it's hard not to view those points as kind of, hey, coin flippy. How do you you view the the, the Leafs uh, racking up their, their record as it is as it is right now? Well, I mean, in a stacked like Atlantic division, I, I feel it's it, the Atlantic's a lot better than the Metro this year. I mean, banking points, we talked about it yesterday, like banking points early is so important. And, and it was something that when I was younger in the league, uh, coaches always kind of harped on it. Like th- those first 20, 25 games, you want to just pick up as many points as possible because what happens is you never know with injuries, as you can see now happen with the Maple Leafs, they're losing a lot of D. You need all those points because once you kind of get into the middle of the season and, and 
you might go on a couple losing streaks. It happens with every team. You want to be able to to, to know that you have that, that start of the season that, that is so important for teams because you can't win and make the playoffs at the start of the season, but you can certainly like knock yourself out of the playoff race early if you don't have a hot start. So it's been good for them. You know, a, point, a win's a win. I'm always a, a fan of that. I know they uh, have to start getting some regulation wins, but I feel with the little injury bug they've ran into, I mean, listen, just, just win at all costs. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely uh, the the mantra the team has right now. And you know, again, like we're evil, so it's our job to poke flaws in, in the two points that they picked up uh, la- last night. I, I do. I do, I was looking back at your your career, some of the teams you played on, and you know that that Stars team you played on that, that made a bit of a run there. Uh, I'd had some a lot of figures, quite frankly, with Toronto connections. I mean, Jason Spezza played on that team, but the the guy I want to ask you about is John Klingberg. I mean, you you saw the the best or one of the better versions of him. Ten goals, fifty eight points that season uh, obviously has not gone the way he wanted it all in Toronto and right now they're looking at you know how long potentially he'll he'll be on LTIR and what the future holds there I just want to get your kind of memory of, of what it was like to play with him and, and what does the best version of John Klingberg do best well he's just that that slick power play defenseman you know can move the puck really well and and obviously his one of his greatest strengths is, is his feet and his escapability, but you know, if he doesn't have that, it's tougher for him to get around the ice because he's not the biggest guy, and, and you know, he's not a, a physical guy out there. He he battles hard, but you know, I know obviously he. I think back in Dallas, he might have been struggling a little bit with with something similar. So, you know, just over time, wear and tear. I know it's tough, and and I know he wants to be out there. He's a lot bigger competitor than people give him credit for, and and certainly the dark side of us in the media. We'll kind of look and be like, ah, you know, he's, you know, he's not working and this and that, but he does care a lot. So I'm sure it's killing him. He's not being the lineup, but you know, at his best, it's when he can move on the, I've never seen a guy be able other than McCarr right now and Quinn Hughes, but back then just guys that are able to move on the blue line, the way he did, you know, back in Dallas is incredible making guys miss. And, and uh, I'm just hoping he's able to kind of, fix this or come out of it because it looks like they're kind of throwing them on Robita Island there. Yeah, it certainly uh, it certainly does, and uh, they were expecting some clarity this week. We haven't got that yet, so we'll see what happens. You know, another thing that, uh, just while I, I'm looking at that team here, another thing that, that sticks out from that group, and I wonder if there's some similarities in Toronto, is you know, I don't mean to belabor the point, but that was a top-heavy offensive group. Like, you know, Ben, Sagan, Spezza, and Klingberg were wrapping up points, and Sharp was there too, but there wasn't a ton of offense elsewhere in the lineup. What's it like playing on a team where, like, look, every team in the NHL leans on their stars, and they need them to be great, but what's it like when you do have a a truly top-heavy team where the top six is really expected to carry the mail? And we've seen it various times in Toronto where one group's been going, the other group hasn't been going, and, you know, it's three or four guys as opposed to one or two, but what's it like playing on a team where you really need to count on those stars? And not to say they're not coming through over the bulk of a season, but, hey, everybody has week, two-week, three-week slumps where the, the puck's just not going in. What does that do for, for a team yeah you know obviously depth scoring is every team that's won in the past few years has gotten depth scoring you need those guys to uh to chip in down the stretch you know early in the year you obviously want your horses being your horses because that's what they're getting paid to do and and they're, they're there to score goals and win games so but you know you're you're always searching and i'm sure 
Toronto searching for for depth scoring and and consistent depth scoring. So, but I mean, you know, it, and it also starts with I'm a big firm believer in, in not letting uh, lingering contract issues go on, especially during a season when you want to win. So. I've been on the the pay slick Willie train for a while. Do whatever it takes, move wherever you got to move uh, to pay slick Willie. Because I mean, Nylander playing the way he's been playing, uh, he needs to be rewarded in, in some way, shape, or form. And and uh, because obviously he's been, I feel like he's been messed around with his whole career in Toronto. And you want to keep a guy like that. I think he's their best player right now. You know, Austin is obviously their most dynamic and, and best shooter, but I mean, Willie overall is their best player, so you got to take care of that because I don't know if you want to lose him or, or alienate him to the point where he wants to leave at the end of the year or, or you know, a couple of years. Slick Willie or, or Willie Styles? That's interesting. Like we don't, we don't in this market. He's, he's I don't think often referred to as Slick Willie. I know uh, Joel Bowen calls him Wee Willie, which I don't Willie. think he likes. I got to be honest. <laughs> I like I like Slick Willie, man. He's, he's just he's, he's just he's just slick with it, you know. And, and <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of the, you know, I'm, I, I doubt a little bit of the the wife beater on that Swedish show that he was wearing there that yeah. day. But uh, yeah, you know, he's off. he's got the he's got the pipes for it, so he uh, he was rocking that. But mm. uh, yeah, I like Slick Willie. He's mm. uh, I know. I know he's close with a couple guys, uh, Nick Schmaltz and Jordan Schmaltz in, in Arizona, and uh, I just I always laugh when they call him Slick Willie. So <laughs> okay, all right, maybe we should be referring to him more as Slick Willie if that's yeah the way his close friends call him. All right, let's get to the the the, the meat of uh, the conversation. Um, Mitch Marner sc- scores a hat trick with the fishbowl. Have you one ever used the the fishbowl? I'm sure you've suffered a, a facial head injury before that required you to cover your face. Did you do fishbowl? You do a, a cage? No, I, I, in my career, and which is wild, I lost you know a bunch of I lost my front teeth a bunch of times, and I only once with that threw on a. It wasn't even a fishbowl. It was like just the chin strap. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. my mouth, and I. Uh, I had Milan Lucic went oh. to dump a puck. He went to dump a puck, and uh, I went to hit him, you know, much to uh, my chagrin. And his stick, he just put it right between my teeth. Oh, no. He, he filleted my lip open, and uh, I ended up getting my uh, – it's a funny story because I ended up getting my, my uh, lip sewn up, and the doctor that was in Boston, I mean, he must have had six rum and Cokes or something before he came down and, and – <laughs> Because it was the most, it was the worst job I've ever seen in my life. I had a huge, that I had a huge bubble funny. on my lip. So, so we go, we're playing in Colorado the next night, and you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't need, I don't need to wear anything. It's fine. I'll just cover it oh, up. No. And uh, I'm like, it'll be good. And we get on the ice, and I go on a rush, and I'm skating up, and I hear uh, Cody McLeod behind me, and. Uh, he's skating and he's yelling at me for some reason. He's like, I'm coming to get you. And I was like, what the hell is this guy saying? Like, and he was a, just a big animal. So we get the whistle happens. I go touch the goalie, which I shouldn't have done anyway. I was, I was way too far where I should have been. I should have been back protecting the blue. So he pushes me up against the wall and he like kind of jabs me in the face. And literally it felt like it felt like a zipper. And my whole lip just like exploded. And, uh, I was like, 
so mad, irate. I'm on the ice. I'm leaking blood everywhere because I just ripped my mouth open twice, and I the whist the whistle had went, and uh, he's standing on the boards drinking water, laughing. So I literally sprinted over there and sucker punched him. <laughs> and I think I got I, with my lip just like hanging off. So luckily, luckily I went in the room, and the the team doctor in in Colorado was fantastic, and she was like, "Who did your job before this?" And I was like, "I don't even." I don't even know who the was. It might have been a fan that came down and told me that. <laughs> oh. and, she, and she goes, well, we'll fix it up. So I got she fixed it because, you know, my lip now is, is uh, but I like lost feeling and part of my lip because of it. And, and it's just, it's just a funny story, but it led to me, you know, sucker punching McLeod who wanted to absolutely murder me for the rest of his career. Every time we played, every time we played them. <laughs> that's great. I'm going to have to go watch that once we're done talking to you, because that sounds like something I, I need to see. And obviously the Colorado doc did a wonderful job. Cause you're like a big, handsome TV star now. That's so right. it obviously all worked out for the best Boston, maybe not so much, but again, couldn't have done too bad a job. Cause uh, you're flapping <laughs> oh, those gums I, on TV now. I know I'm still, it's, it's still working. You know, I, I, I still have a little less because of them, <laughs> but no, it's good. He didn't kill. He didn't. He didn't kill me. So it's fine. There we go. Yeah. Oh, this has been awesome, Jason. Yeah, and that was a funny story from my perspective. If I were telling it, I would not present it as like that. Was, it was so funny for me when I had my face torn to shreds. But yeah, I also well, didn't the, play pro hockey. Well, like the 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 back end of that is like we played Colorado like two nights later because that rest of that game, I I it was like near the end of the game. So McLeod. We didn't. Even, I didn't see him or anything, and, and the game was over. So it was like two nights later. We played them in Dallas. So I get on, and now I have the, and now I've worn the chin strap because I'm like, I'm not getting my <laughs> lip banged up. So I jump on the ice, and I literally, I'm like kind of one of the last guys to jump on. So I jump on for warm up, and he's standing on the red line, and I'm like look at, and I'm like trying not to look at him, and I'm like, oh no, I'm like, kill me. <laughs> So I'm like doing the lap and he's like yelling. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm like, I like, I skate over and I'm like, I think the only way I can play this is like to just like accuse him of like intentionally ripping my lip open. So I like skate over and I'm like, Hey you. And he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm going to kill you. And I was like, and I was like, no, you. And he's like, no, no, I'm seriously going to kill you. And I was like, I was like, McCall, I was like, I, I knew I know what you did. He's like, What do you mean what did I do? I was like, You purposely tried to rip my lip open and saw that I stitches. He's like, No, I didn't. I was like, Well, if you want to come fight me, come fight me. But I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my I'm gonna, you know, two hand you and take a twenty game sus out of here. And he's like and he's like, What's wrong? He's basically he's basically like, What's wrong with that guy? I was just, trying to go the crazy route um, but uh, that's a good call he just he just he's like he just ran me a couple times in the game but luckily i kind of <laughs> came out of it unscathed more unscathed than i, than I could have been yes uh you know if i hadn't uh if i hadn't kind of went the crazy route on him dude that like taking the crazy route is is like an underrated route to take oh, um, i just for the record i have been watching this for the last minute and a oh, half really? as you've been regaling me with oh, the okay. tail and oh god it is so good jason I, like this was <laughs> oh, the, this would have been not, enjoyable yeah. if i didn't have the backstory but hearing you basically do director's commentary on it has been incredible the directors, I mean, haven't, I was trying to get off the ice too. And guys are telling me to stay to show the ref. And I'm just, 
Losing about a pint you're, of blood. You're too. lucky. You're lucky. The coach for Colorado didn't fight you. Patrick Waugh was involved in this. Every time there's an amazing hockey story, the best part of it is just seeing all the characters involved. Honestly, <laughs> Jason, I could sit here and talk to you about this all day, but if we don't end this conversation yeah. now, it's going to go on for 45 minutes. So we will That's be bugging true. you again uh, in the not too distant future. Love, love getting you on. Thank you so much for the time, Jason. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, go. I could say go Maple Leafs now. So yeah. hopefully they keep rolling. There you go. Pay oh. Willie. Yeah. Pay Willie. All pay right. pay Willie and go Leafs go. You're good in my books. Uh, thanks so much, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great day. You too. There's uh, Jason Demers, former NHL defenseman, NHL network analyst. Again, you can watch him on NHL now weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. on Sportsnet 1. I got it up right here. Yeah. That's um, sounds painful. Well, because... You see the part where he or he mentions that he gets punched, you know, mm. rather innocuously and has a big reaction. And yeah, that looks like a guy who just had his rip, uh, his lip ripped open. And also, I'm just going to be a hockey meathead right now. Uh, like YouTube is just auto playing videos. So right now I have Kevin Bieksa with like the Superman one punch he did against the Kings guy. God, I am. I'm just such a meathead. I love this. Oh, we're talking hockey. We didn't mention like, you know, kind of a notable thing that happened in the NHL last night. What was that? We got a goalie goal. Yeah, we did. Tristan Jari, as or as fourteenth ever in the history of the NHL. Or as all my friends uh, like to text me, uh, Tristan Jari more goals than Max Domi was the way I had it put to me. Funny guy, yeah, mm-hmm. not his fault, but yeah, he could score one. He does feel a little snake bit right now. I saw John Bujagras tweet out the joke. Hey, I put him on the power play. I almost tweeted. Out, he is on the power play, and he's oh, also shorthanded. That'd have been you would have got him. I would have got him. He would have hit you with yeah. a holy snakey. Because that's his call. There are things in the NHL that break through to other sporting bubbles. And yeah, goalie goal should. Should. And it was a sweet one. It was. It was nice. Fired it. I, I mean, the favorite, my favorite part of it is looking at the bench reaction. Of course, right. And going down the line yeah. and seeing Sid, man. It's, oh. Like, oh, it's just always exciting to see Sid get excited. It is great to see Sid get excited. And that's what the best one. I'm not comparing Austin Matthews to Sidney Crosby. But if you ever watch his reaction, like he gets excited when he scores. And sometimes some goals are bigger than other. And there's a big like, woo, or a mm-hmm. big fist pump or whatever. But you go watch him, especially before he got used to it. When like a Michael Bunting or a Zach Hyman or a, you know, go watch his reaction. I'm sure when Ryan Reeves scored that goal against the Blackhawks on Friday, mm-hmm. like he loves it when guys who aren't supposed to score, score. It's the best. And yes, Sid's reaction was amazing in that for Pittsburgh. Thank you to Adam and Alora for the advice on my attending of a symphony for the first mm. time tonight and my attempt to understand what the protocol is as far as um, attire. Yes. He said, you definitely need a walking stick, parenthetically, <laughs> no hook, preferably with a crystal handle and a blade inside. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know if it's a walking stick, if it does have a hook. To me, if, if cane. It's a, that's a cane. cane. Like, that's what we're talking about. Certainly, if I had a walking stick, yeah. um, maybe the, the blade might be taking it a little too far. Oh, I, got, I don't know. What are you expecting to happen? <laughs> also, I'm not sure what security measures are like at Roy Thompson a, Hall. There. I'm not suggesting anything. I feel like maybe at the symphony, you could sneak that one through. Yeah. Gotta be honest. I just, like, I got to be honest uh, in that. And uh, a classically trained musician... 
did text in to say I was bang on with my attire recommendation for you of a non-patterned shirt as well. Okay, so. last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my DMs right now. Feels important. According to Jeff Pass and Red Sox, out, out on, yes, on Otani. Yep. Okay. Pivoting. It could be an interesting weekend. Could be. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. It's been the Fan Morning Show. Sports at 590 The Fan. Ben Annis, Frank Gunnings. Good, Good morning. morning.